0: Hi there, I'm Casey Smith and you're listening to Shoulder Charge, a Rugby League podcast. Here's what's coming up on the show. My guest this week is Andy Mazie, chairman of Rochdale Hornets. Now, on the field for Rochdale, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. They're currently in the playoffs. But injuries have meant that they've not started how they necessarily would have wanted to. Off the field however, things are going well for Rochdale under Andy Maisie. The first two home fixtures have gained over a thousand in attendance and also there's been a big push to reconnect community clubs with Rochdale Hornets. Ticket prices for the first two home fixtures have been priced at just £10 and also, anyone connected to the community club could go free. So I started my conversation off with Andy Maisie, asking about the attendances and whether those reasonably priced tickets are set to continue.
1: No, I think because of the success we have had, um, I, I, I want to try and continue that yeah. and, uh, and, and and keep these, you know, keep these crowds uh, at least maintain what we had on Sunday and try and grow it, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a good idea. We'll yeah. Probably,
1: yeah, we'll be pushing out. Um, you know, we'll keep going at that same promotion, but also we'll be doing some different things because I, I, I'm a great believer in the. Uh, you know, if you if you're going to grow it, you've got to you've got to make it affordable for for people, and uh, and when you've got small crowds, you've got to really, in first instance, get them there to see what it's about, haven't you?
0: Yeah, and you've obviously done a big effort with the community clubs as well. Is what was the take up with that?
1: Really good, positive. Yeah, the um, uh, there was over 900 commu- uh, people connected to our local community clubs in in, in, uh, in the stadium on Sunday. So the take up was uh, really, really good, and uh, feedback's been good as well. There's been a lot of feedback and a lot of people who've booked again yeah. for this week. So. Yeah, everyth- no negatives at all, really. I- everything we've had has just been positive feedback.
0: Yeah, uh, I think I'll be getting down there again soon as well. It's g- good day out. Well, welcome
1: any time, mate. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, more the merrier,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we we'll start with Rangi Chase. Uh, obviously broken arm. How long is he going to be out for? Well,
2: we had him
1: uh, straight after the game on Sunday. We got him... Uh, looked at and um, obviously it was assessed and and, and um, determined it was a break a broken arm so he had surgery the following day and it's just a case now of following um, following the, uh, the, the obviously the, the, the period of time that he's going to be obviously in a cast yeah and then once the cast comes off it's just rehabbing him so um, at this stage it's not too clear whether no. you know what what the length of time will be. But we've just got to keep our fingers crossed that we'll uh, get him back before the end of the season
0: and how did that signing come about because obviously he was at West Wales but then there was stuff about he was too far away from home is, was he looking at clubs closer to home is that what he was
1: yeah yeah very much that I think he uh, obviously West Wales is a long way away isn't it Yeah. living down here but he's got his family are in Castleford uh, and he's got three children Randy, so Obviously, I think the biggest problem he was missing—he was homesick and missing his kids. Um, he's away from his family, which is you can understand. You know, I'm a father too, and, and I understand that. Uh, and obviously, when we heard on the, the grapevine that he was—he was, um, was going to be—you know—he was looking to be released. And he was going to be released at West Wales. We—we uh, we were among a number of clubs who put our hat in the ring. Uh, I was aware of at least. You know, um, there was a couple in our division, and there was a couple from uh, Championship who who expressed an interest. I think
2: Bradford
0: were linked publicly. Were you know they
1: were yeah. linked in the press, weren't they? Yeah. Um, so just in case of yeah. moving quickly
0: to to, to to get get his signature, really. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of injuries, you've had it quite tough this year, really. Um, in terms of now, what what are we looking at with injuries? Uh yeah,
1: we're still it's still ongoing. I think. The situation we've had this year, as we get one back, we, get, we lose another one. Yeah. So, and not just one—that's been in multiples from pretty much from week one against West Wales. We lost three players. The following week, we went to Doncaster with uh, Fooey missing, uh, Cal- Callum Marriott, who's a big player for us. Yeah, I can't remember the other one, but in a nutshell, we were—you know—from from week one, we've pretty much lost two or three players every week. Injured. Yeah. So that that amounted at one stage to I think. We had about 13 players available with injury. Yeah. So unprecedented levels of yeah. injury, really. And, uh, yeah.
2: yeah, it's
1: just, uh, just just something we've had to do tough and we're going through at the moment. It's yeah. still ongoing, really. We've, we've managed to. I don't know if you've seen Twitter
2: yeah.
1: or Facebook, but I got a couple of lads in on loan from OKR. Yeah. So, yeah, we're just trying to boost the numbers and get through it, really. There's, uh Obviously, there's some of them who won't play again this year, unfortunately. and One lad had to retire. There's another one you
2: know,
1: um, who's going to be a number of weeks before he comes back. So, it's just part and parcel of what we're doing at the moment. It's just doing it tough, but it doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. And yeah. if we're fighting hard, we'll, we'll just keep getting the results, hopefully, and uh, build towards the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and those two from the whole KR, are they two-week loans, then ones?
1: Initially, two weeks. two weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're initially... That's the the new because of COVID that wow. came in the new ru- ruling that you could take players on two week loans and uh, you know we'll just assess it from there. The the yeah. uh, early signs they came into training this week and Mark's been pretty impressed, so I'd imagine both will play on Sunday. To be honest,
0: yeah. And in terms of like long term vision for Rochdale, what what's that look like?
1: Yeah, well, obviously I don't know if you followed the story, but they. Um, they were relegated in 2019 yeah. from the championship uh, and we we took over the uh, sat- the club I went in there with a consortium and we took over the club in 2020 ahead of the 2020 season and at that point we didn't see Covid coming along and not, not many people did yeah but uh, yeah we, we took it over and, and, and obviously I've been involved in the game for quite a few years I was a director at Lee Centurions and I was the chairman and owner at Swinton Lions till, till 2019. So we put the consortium together, we took over Rochdale and we've got a vision for it to to build the club, to grow it and make it into a sustainable championship club. So the vision ultimately is to get it back to championship, get promoted, whether that be this year or whenever, we'll get it back there and, uh, and then grow it in terms of, you know, we feel that the club and, and the size of the town and borough it's got all the building blocks in place to yeah. be a quite a big championship club, you know.
2: Yeah, and so
1: that's the vision, really, is to become a sustainable championship yeah. club. And we've got an ambitious ownership, myself and the other owners. Um, we've got a real sort of uh ambitious model, really. That we, as you can see with some of the signings, you know, we've yeah. brought Fury in and Rangi Chase, and going to announce go another one later today. Right. It's a bit of a yeah, uh, we're bringing in a proven top-end championship winger, right. so we're, we're going to do whatever we can basically to um, to, to you know to, to to kick the club on and really build it and grow it. So I think the message is really it's the right time to get behind it, you know, the town and the fans and all like fans who've not been for a while come back and get on board and join the ride, you know.
0: Yeah, and obviously you're looking for promotion <laughs> this year, but say that doesn't happen. You know, is, is the plans still in place or is it sort of like promotion at all costs?
1: No, it's not. Do more of mate.
2: Uh,
1: it's a long-term vision. Yeah. So, we, um, obviously, the, when we took over last year, it was all about, re, you know, re- rebuilding uh, yeah. the, the club. The majority of the squad had left from from when they, they were relegated. Um Matt had owned, Matt Kelland had only come in halfway through that season, so he didn't really couldn't really change things. It was already they were already destined for relegation, really. But you know, we believe we've got the right man in Matt um, to, to 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 take us forward. and My role is very much supporting Matt and recruiting the players that he feels he needs and bringing the right people into the club. So it's not all just about this year. You know, we'd ideally like to. Injuries have, 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 you know, stalled us to some degree this year. We've had a, a poor start, but the, you know, the vision is if we can get into the playoffs and make a push for promotion this year, that's what we want. Yeah. But if that doesn't quite happen, we'll, you know, we'll we'll continue to build and we'll go again next year. So, yeah, it's no boom or bust, maybe any means. Yeah. We're uh, we're building it sustainably. You know, we've got the right level of uh, invest, investment behind the club to be able to be ambitious but not put it at risk if you get what i mean yeah so, you know we will we, we, we'll, if it's this year great if not we go again next year yeah and, uh, the vision was always to make it a sustainable championship club within three to five years yeah so effectively we're still in year one really because last year got tie yeah so if it takes three years to get up you know we'll get up and we believe in five years time it'll be a at least mid-table championship
0: club with a bit of ambition to push into the uh, the top end of the championship, man. Yeah, and obviously the sport is in a bit of an uncertain period with the, you know, the new TV deal and all that, all the issues over that. Does that make yes. it harder for you? You know, there might be reduced central distributions. It does. It
1: makes it harder for everybody, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, but we we were fully mindful of this situation yeah. I knew I'd obviously with me being the chairman of Swinton previously and one of the main reasons I left Swinton is because we didn't feel it had the, the uh, potential that Rochdale does yeah. because obviously that club plays outside of its own town and it's not in Swinton and uh, a whole host of issues that I won't go into it's the past but we very much feel that um, we took Rochdale on knowing this was going to happen and we believe that if the town back it, and uh, we all we do what we believe we can do, we Rochdale, yeah. we can we can be one of the stronger ones on because obviously the, the the funding cut that's going to happen beyond this year will have a massive impact on some of the the, the current championship clubs who are on a lot more central distribution than what we are. Yeah. So we do believe that we can counter this. If don't get me wrong, we know it's going to be a challenge. It'll be a challenge for everybody. But again. You know, if 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 the turn get behind it and really buy into what we're doing, then there's no reason why we can't succeed.
0: Yeah. Uh, in, in yeah, go on.
1: That's that's the message, really. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And in terms of your stadium, uh, that is that owned by the football club. It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: it's the football club so, stadium. But yeah. We have a, a long term. We have a long term agreement with them. Uh, and we we're partners with them, so. Uh, it's uh, a solid arrangement, shall we call it. You know, yeah. we've got I think another uh twenty odd years left on the lease so right. we, we won't be going anywhere for twenty odd years, <laughs> yeah. to put it that way.
2: <laughs> and yeah, it's it's one of the
1: again, one of the big building blocks that we felt was in place. Yeah. Is if you if you look at some of our local rivals, for I say, you look at Oldham, you yeah. don't play in the team of Oldham. They don't have a stadium. Yeah. Um if you look at Swinton again, they don't play in Swinton. They've not done for 30 years, and they play actually play in Sale. Yeah, and it's not their stadium. They just rent it on a match day. So the stadium's a big plus for us because looking longer term, um, it's actually it, it meets all the criteria for Super League. Right. So we've actually, you know, if, if the ambition, the level of ambition beyond the next five years would be to kick on from Championship, then we have got suitable facilities
0: to be able to push the Super League yeah so with that yeah Yeah. go on yeah yeah. so with yeah with the um, because you've obviously I think you've got um, an England match coming up you know held there I was just wondering what this you know what the sort of like uh, revenue thing was is that money going to go to you you know or is it sort of because obviously you don't own the stadium but you've got I was just wondered. You know how does that sort of yeah. partnership work?
1: No, that the re, uh, the revenues in terms of the gate, gates and uh, ticketing and any sponsorships they all come to Rochdale Hornets. Yeah. Uh, same same on our own games and match day. The only the only thing that the, the football club take is obviously the bars. So right. Uh, they, they they run and own the bars. So obviously every pint that somebody buys. The money goes to the football club rather than Rochdale.
2: Right. But in terms
1: of everything else, we take the revenue on. So, for the England game, um, that's a big um, opportunity for the club in terms of revenue. If we sold out the stadium, then we would, you know, we 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 effectively make money. Don't get me wrong. There's some costs associated with hosting an international match, as you can imagine. Yeah. So We, um, you know, we've had to basically um, commit to to hosting. Hosting the uh, the Fiji team and the England team and there's a lot of costs around it, but there is a potential to make money, you know, drive revenue if uh, if, if we're successful with it and get a good attendance.
0: Yeah, uh, and there's a big doubt over actually whether the World Cup's going to take place. If that is called off, will that get is that game in doubt or will that still go ahead?
1: To be honest we've not really addressed that we wait to see what the outcome is so right. there was an, an update last night yeah what we've said is until until we're told otherwise the game's going ahead if you get what I mean yeah. so we we're not looking at we're trying to take a positive view on it and until the rugby league uh, World cup tell us any differently then the game goes ahead so the Ara at the moment are still working on the assumption the game's going ahead uh, if it didn't go ahead as in the World Cup... Yeah, we will do everything we could still to host the game. Yeah, but it is a it is a warm up game, a friendly fixture. So, you know, we'd speak to Sean Wayne and see he was still wanting the game, regardless of the World Cup. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. And
1: if Fiji weren't coming over the, for the World Cup, we may look at other opposition. So, all may not be lost. But we're trying to take a positive view on it, not wanting to um, look at it, look at that until it becomes. You know, if it became a reality, we'd have to deal
0: with it, wouldn't we? Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the potential calling off of the World Cup because it's about it seems to be that the Australians are, they don't want because of the extra quarantine time it might eat, eat into the NRL season, what are your thoughts on that um, I'd be if my honest thoughts are
1: I'd be disappointed Yeah. Um, because I do believe that international rugby league Needs to be the pinnacle of the sport, and 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 that needs buy-in from everybody, you know. And if if we're going to grow the game worldwide, then the Australians have got to buy into that as well as we have over here. So I'd be disappointed if they were making noises and making moves not to not you know because you read some of these things in the press, don't you? I'd be disappointed with that if I'm truly honest, because I think we've all got a responsibility, not just as governing you know, there's governing bodies, there's clubs. Competitions. But I think everybody's remit should be to, to to help grow in a strong international game, you know, because I think that's the, in terms of the big picture, if you've got a strong international game, um, if you look at Rugby Union, for example, they have a strong international game, don't they? And, yeah. and it, drives a lot, it drives a lot of commercial opportunities, a lot of revenue and a lot of eyeballs for the, the broadcasters. So... Yeah, that for me is it would be disappointing if if people were making noises not to do something because I think we should all look at the big picture at times
0: yeah. rather than you know what's best for ourselves. Yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, right, in terms of the championship and League One, a, a few weeks back there was news reports about well there might be a potential TV deal, but that seems to have all gone quiet. Uh, do you know anything? You know, is that still? in talks or what?
1: Yeah, there's, there's, um, obviously I speak regularly with Ralph and, and the exec team and the commercial directors at the RFL. So I'm, I'm aware of what's going on and, and there is some of it is confidential. Um, uh, yeah, but there are talks around, um, around different, various different ideas and different concepts with the TV. And I think, I think there will be some news on the horizon with that, so yeah, I think the talks are continuing, and I think things are happening, so yeah, there will be news uh, to come, Yeah, and then uh, hopefully it can be positive news for the sport, yeah, and some more coverage, you know, additional coverage for the the sports outside of Super League.
0: Yeah, and how do you think the sport's going to go forward, because we've got the talks that they're going to realign with Super League, we've got... there's there's been talk of reducing Super League, but there's also been talk of increasing Super League. You know, shall we have no promotion, no relegation? And then there's obviously the reduced central distributions. What are your thoughts on where the sport should like, which direction they should go in?
1: I think my biggest thought on the subject is that the game needs unity. So I think if you're, if you wind back to 2018 when Super League you know, for all intents and purposes they split didn't they from the RFL. Yeah. They broke away from the RFL. I think, you know, there's talk about realignment, which I believe is positive, because I think if that can come back together and not don't get me wrong, not come back together in the way it was, but come back together in a new, a new way that's um that, that drives that drives, you know, drives the sport forward, I think that's a that would be a positive step. So I think coming you know, realignment would be a big one. And then I think on the back of that, I think there's got to be a closer relationship between Super League and Championship and League One. So maybe an understanding that, you know, to, for the sport to be successful, it's got to have a strong pyramid like football. You know, the, yeah. the, tiers, the tiers below the Super League are very important in terms of player pathways and such like, you know, and it, it makes a, a vital link to the community game. So... For me, um, not too concerned about what the numbers would be in the competitions and yeah. the structures. I think the more important thing, from my perspective, is unity yeah. and, a, and a whole game approach. You know, everybody working together.
0: Andy Macy there, and some good news about the realignment with Super League. I was asking last week, <laughs> we're talking about realignment. Well, when's it going to happen? Well, looks like it probably. Well the ball's started rolling now, hasn't it? So it'll probably be by next season you'd imagine. And also the 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 T V deal or you know, the broadcasting for outside of Super League, well that's from what we've heard from Andy Mersey, that's ongoing and we should be hearing something about that in the not too distant future. Which to be honest I thought you know that it was another story that you know promises but never delivers but obviously things are being worked on so that's good news Im- amongst all the um bad that is currently <laughs> surrounding the sport and the world cup well, that well, we've not had a decision have we i suppose if it was definitely going to be off they've they would have already said surely so you know, if if talks are still continuing, you would imagine that things are still being done, conversations are still being taken place, measures are being put in place. So, I'm probably more optimistic of it being on now than I was last week. But to me, I still feel it's going to be off because the appetite just doesn't seem to be there from people in the Southern Hemisphere. And it's almost as if it's like an inconvenience, the World Cup. Oh, you know, oh, we have to do this and we have to do that. And, oh, there's this rule in place that means I can't do that. That, That's what I've heard from a lot of people in, in the Southern Hemisphere. A lot of excuses being made that... You know, perhaps if you actually went in discussion with the people who make these rules, then perhaps, you know, this could be workable. But it seems like the barriers are obviously there, but then they've looked at the barriers and just walked away from them. They've not tried to go over them or, you know, remove them. That's how it seems like reading out from the outside. And... Yeah, for some bizarre reason, those in the Southern Hemisphere, well, it looks like they think the NRL is worth more than the World Cup is. Well, that's all well and good for the NRL, isn't it? You you know, it's all going well for them. But, you know, if you're neglecting your international game, what are they going to do when the NRL perhaps isn't, you know, as popular, it may fall on hard times, you know. Look at Super League back in the 90s. It was it was way more than what it is now, you know. it. What if they go for a period like that? Then they won't have any international game to fall back on, will they? And this game is crying out for the internationals. We need them. So please, just get together and get it done. As Andy Mason was mentioning there, with the 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 warm up game, that if that were called off, then, well, if the World Cup was called off, then he would look at st- staging the fixture anyway, or if if Fiji couldn't get over, then looking at another team, and if the World Cup is called off, it's it must, for me, it's a perfect opportunity to get the. Um, start up a test series with France get some regular fixtures in why not you know we've already had the Ashes called off international rugby's not been played for years we we clearly want this tournament to go ahead all the organizers round here and the RFL and whatnot they want it to go ahead so if it doesn't go ahead then i expect them to be working just decide to then put something in place instead of it. But let's move on to Super League because there was a round of fixtures in there, despite a few postponements again. There's some for next week as well. We'll start off with Leeds and Lee. Another loss for Lee. They were just. I don't think there was ever in that. Well, there was. They had a great period at the start and. That that so long they lasted really, you know, nearly fifty points for Leeds. Another loss for Lee. I don't. Unless they get players in, they're not gonna win, are they? Let's be honest. That were that weren't Leeds's best um, team either. You know, same with the loss against Warrington last week. weren't their best side. There was a bit of a comeback in the second half, but then you know. It, it just wasn't to be for them again. Also, Catalan's smashed Huddersfield. 50 points to 12, and that were 20 nil at half-time. Another try for the young French guy, Arthur Morgue. And also, what helped was James Maloney got all his kicks. He didn't miss one. And he did put a penalty over. You know, Huddersfield probably without a few players, but, you know, remember the start of the season and how favoured they were. Well, I think it's... I think the season's over, really, for Huddersfield. Can you really see them trying to get in the playoffs now? I don't think they will, to be honest. If if Lee, if Lee actually started picking up a few wins, Huddersfield have in danger of going down but at the moment they're safe because of the lack of quality uh, below them really but yeah, what a write off and also last night, uh, St Helens beat Wigan 24 points to 6 I think in that first half, Wigan were on worst enemies, it were constant Saints pressure how many penalties did Wigan give away, well Towards the end of the game, I think it was 11 penalties. This was on about 70 minutes. 11 penalties and 8 handling errors. So, you know, you're giving yourself a mountain to climb doing that. I appreciate the weather conditions were horrendous. I appreciate that they were chasing the game. But, you know, Saints handled that better than Wigan did you know, the completion rate for Wigan, it just weren't good enough. And Jackson Hastings at fullback. I appreciate players are injured as well, but is he the best option for them? I don't think so, you know. Wigan are already sc- struggling for points this season, struggling for tries. He's the man who makes it happen. And, you know, your half-back is very important in that. And if you shoving him out to fullback. You know that that's gonna um, nullify his threat somewhat and let's talk about willie isa because what the hell was he playing at you know he he had total heads gone let's be honest flying in all over the place you know there were one where the saints play were down and he just jumped on him to try and win a penalty that went on report, um, and then he went flying in again, and then he was finally simbined, which again is not what you want when you're chasing the game. And it, Willie Ice is an experienced player, so you know you should expect better from him, really. And what about the best period of that game, in what was not a very good derby, was you? Did you see that at a point where? Wigan, I think they forced a goal line dropout, or they forced a knock-on, and then they were bringing it away from their try line. (laughs) And then, remarkably, you saw three or four Saints players descend on the uh, Wigan players, like, you know, just rushing over to them, absolutely suffocating them. I think they did it for three tackles on the bounce, and they pushed them that far back that it went out for a goal line dropout. And it was brilliant. It was absolutely top stuff, that. But I think towards the end of the game, you saw Wigan fighting. You saw them pushing forward, you know, playing for the shirt sort of thing, working really hard. And they've got the, the big key players for Wigan are all out. Bevan French is out for the season. Come the playoffs, does he, missing him mean that they probably won't win the grand final? John Bateman's not been good enough. Zach Hardaker has been good, but he's also, you know, done a few silly decisions in games. I don't think, you know, It's I think it's five losses on the spin for Wigan, which they've not done for, you know, several years. I don't think it's a, a big crisis. They're all still playing for Adrian Lamb. And, you know, looking at the team sheets, you, you wouldn't have expected a Wigan win, would you? I, you know, it's too... It, you can't really judge them when all the key men are out. Let's have them back, and then let's have a, have a look. Because there were, there were promising signs from that fixture. The next few... For them, well, they, they, they've, they've got a few easier fixtures. Two against Huddersfield, continuously, strangely. Uh, and then it's Wakefield. And then Warrington after that. And then after that, it's Lee and Salford. So you're expecting a better, um, better period for Wigan in, in them fixtures. Also... Tonight, it's Warrington v Leeds. On a Monday night, strangely. Leeds are without players again. You can only see a Warrington win there. And they're looking, well, with Catalan Dragons, I think they're looking the, 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 the ones to beat. Anyway, into the Championship. Bradford got a big win against uh, Batley. Batley lost two on the bounce now and against, I think last week was against Halifax, now against Bradford, they probably won't be too pleased with that, you know, big fixtures coming up, time to show your playoff credentials and they've come up short, but, you know, it's still been a brilliant season for them so far and you probably, I expect them to be in the in the playoffs come the end of the season and I suppose the positives you can take from losing is that you know what to work on come the playoffs it was 24-0 in that Bradford game at half time so they did stage a comeback so you know they're still fighting though you see that momentum and that team spirit that Craig Lingard was talking about last week but for the playoffs I still can't see past Toulouse and Featherstone and I can't wait till them two face each other God knows when that's going to be. Let's have a look. It's penned in for Sunday, the 1st of August. So, you know, keep that one in your diaries. Batley, uh, they're not going to get it any easier. It's to lose next, so... Probably another loss for Batley. Sheffield fought back against Dewsbury. It was 18-18. Another draw for Sheffield. That's three draws now. And... Probably those draws are no use to them because where we're on this win percentage now, what what use is a draw, really? You know, they're not actually far behind relegation. It's Oldham who occupy the final relegation spot and they're on two wins. Sheffield are on three wins. So, you know, one win for Oldham and it puts Sheffield in real danger. But, you know, if you... They've they were unluck- they've been unlucky in, you know, those draws. They could easily have won them. They could easily have lost them, but, you know, especially, definitely that London game. But if you convert those draws into wins, then they're looking at the playoffs. So it's it's a strange one for Sheffield. But they, they showed good effort. They were losing 18-4 at half-time. So... You know, they kept dewsbury nil in that second half. They scored 14 points themselves. So, good signs for Sheffield going forward. You know, been on a bit of a bad run at the moment. Who have they got next? I think it's Swinton up next. So, you know, you've got to win that. Swinton have got to win that. After that, they've got Halifax. Tough game. York. York looking down as well you know they're not far away from relegation too but we'll get on to York in a minute Uh, Swinton lost again Whitehaven won 36 points to 22 another battling performance but it's another loss you know should they be beating Whitehaven I think they probably should and if they want to stay up that's the games they're going to have to be winning the fixtures haven't been that tough as the Featherstones, the Bradfords, the Toulouse's, but they've still not won. You know, Sheffield's next, then it's York, then it's Chewsbury, then it's Oldham. So th- them fixtures are winnable, but we're not. I'm not seeing winning mentality from Swinton. I'm not seeing. Were they going to get the win from? Because they concede too many points. York lost to Newcastle twenty eight points to twenty six. You look at that and you think, "Wow, what are York doing? How, how on earth have they gone from you know everyone's playoff contenders to relegation contenders?" But they did. A, they have been battling hard. And it, was, it were 12-2 to Newcastle at half-time. And, you know, they were close in the end against Newcastle. And it's worth pointing out that they were without regular half-backs. And players were out of position. So, you know, York are doing it tough at the moment, much like a lot of other teams. You know, the game's a quick turnaround. There's all those. There's all the COVID issues. They've got the quality in the squad. Whether those quality are less so than they were a couple of years ago, you know. Whether they've signed aging stars, that's another uh, point. But you know, they're better than where they are at the moment. And it's about when they get those players back. Can they push themselves back up the table? And Halifax, I think on the Hooter, they got the win. 17 points to 16 against Widnes. So Halifax are going really well. Their next fixtures. Whitehaven. They should win that. Sheffield. And then they've got Bradford. So a mixed bag of fixtures, I would say, for them. But that was it for the championship. Let's get on to League One. Workington smashed West Wales Raiders 66 points to nil. North Wales Crusaders, they got a win after losing against Rochdale last week. 34 points to 28 that was. And that was one where the scoreline was shifting one way and the other. And I think it were it were close to a draw towards the end. Also, Barrow another win. The the the, uh, the record of not losing continues. This time they beat Doncaster thirty one points to six. So that's a big win. When it comes to playoffs, although at the moment you'd probably say they they're gonna go up automatically anyway you know, a big statement really, because Doncaster have been really good this year. They're one of the main threats in the playoffs. Coventry beat Hunslet in a very high scoring game, 46 points to 44. And actually, at half time, Hunslet were winning 28 points to 10. So that's some effort from Coventry there. And... I think that win keeps them not far off the playoffs, but it's so tight there, uh, the teams pushing for the playoffs. You've got Coventry on three wins, North Wales on four wins, Rochdale on four wins, Hunslet on four wins, Keighley on four wins. So fourth place to seventh place are all on four wins. Coventry are on three outside of... uh, seventh place so some teams are going to be um, are going to be disappointed come the end of the season and the last fixture Rochdale won again 22 points to 4. It weren't the best uh, performance from Rochdale by any means and it it were quite low scoring for quite a, a long period but in the end Rochdale piled on the points and they did it when uh, they had a man in the sim bin as well which you did think perhaps the game would go away from them and I think it was another injury for one of the Rochdale players so you know, tough at the moment again, same with everybody else really but that was your lot for this week on shoulder charge do join me next week As we're going to do it all again. See you then.